you are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. Uh, Steven Zimcox here with you. My buddy Matt Jennings is joining me. It's Monday. We typically do this on Monday nights, uh, or we record on Sunday nights, but it's posted on Monday. This episode brought to you by, presented by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and get 20% off your next order by using the promo code Locked On. And uh, yeah, had a few things planned. Um, unfortunately, we, we're not talking TCU Arkansas because of COVID-19 and the, the cancellation that happened. So the Frogs finished the season six and four. I was going to discuss with Matt uh, some coaching changes, um, some other offseason notes, and we, we might get to that at some point. But the big news that came down this afternoon, uh, and if you're plugged into like the boards on 247 uh, with Jeremy Clark, you, you might have had some inkling of this, but Chandler Morris – uh, the OU quarterback, a former Highland Park player, three-star, four-star recruit, depending on what service you uh, listen to or subscribe to, is headed to TCU as a transfer. Um, now his eligibility is still sort of up in the air. Obviously, Max Duggan is there and, you know, as a starter right now. So, Matt, what did you make of this bringing in someone like Chandler Morris, who I imagine – I mean, leaving a situation in OU where he's not going to get the starting job for a while, I would think he wouldn't have done this if he didn't think he had an actual shot at the job. So what were what were some of your thoughts when you saw this news? Yeah, to, to your point, there had been some rumors that this was, this was one of his – that he was looking to leave and that this was one of his options. And it makes sense. TCU went after him late in the recruiting cycle for 2020 – you know, when he decommitted from Arkansas after his dad, Chad Morris, got fired, um, the three teams that got mentioned the most were Oklahoma and TCU and Auburn, uh, and because Auburn and TCU were both kind of pursuing him, uh, uh, were both kind of pursuing him and his dad. And um, so it was just interesting to watch that all play out. Obviously, his, he and his dad obviously went different places. His dad went to Auburn as OC, and now he's out there again because mm-hmm. Gus Malzahn got fired. Um, so it's going to be really, uh, it's, it, it, it's very interesting. I think it makes for a one it's bar none. It's good to have more good quarterbacks on your roster. That's a problem that TCU has had over the last couple of seasons is the lack of depth at that position. So like bare minimum, it's a good move to have depth at that position. They also recently signed um, some promising quarterbacks in the 2021 class, uh, Sam Jackson, a four-star um, high upside kid and Trent Battle, um, probably the best quarterback in Alabama um, from this past cycle. And so um, you get more depth at, at the position, which you desperately needed. Um, they also get Alexander Honig from Germany. So they're, they're going to have more players at the position, which is something they need. So on its surface, on its own, good move there. Um, does it mean competition for Max Duggan? I mean, it certainly seems like, like it probably is. Um, just based on what we've seen from Max Duggan over the last couple of years, you, you've seen flashes of things that you like, um, but is, um, is it enough and, uh, for him to have kind of won the job when you bring in somebody who's maybe of a similar talent level? Um, to your point about eligibility, you would assume Chandler Morris is going to be eligible to play this coming mm-hmm. season in 2021, the NCAA is voting this month on a proposed rule change that would give everybody a one-time um, 
transfer waiver where they wouldn't have to sit out a year. And so if that gets passed in January, it's expected to this coming 2021 season, anyone who transfers um, is going to be able to, to play right away. And so he'd be Chandler would have the opportunity Chandler Morris would have the opportunity to compete for that starting job if it's if it's if it's up for a competition. So then it just becomes a matter of who gives you the who gives you the better chance to win, which I think ends up being kind of a really interesting conversation to have. No, I, I think you're right on all those things. First of all, as you said, I mean, if you have a chance to take in a talented player, then you do it. I mean, you know, that's just sort of rule of thumb. Uh, they need somebody behind Max at the very least because no disrespect to Matthew Downing, but we saw what happened to that offense when he was in the game. Um, you ran down the freshmen that they have. And another interesting part of this too is like, this might be what college football is the next couple of years because there's a ton of kids in the portal. And with the extra year of eligibility, you're going to have a lot of competitions. Um, but with that being said, Nobody's transferring to Oklahoma right now if they're quarterback because uh, they know that Spencer Rattler's there. Caleb Williams is the top quarterback in the nation coming in. Uh, there are a lot of places where it's pretty solidified. So I feel like there's at least an opportunity for him. Um, one thing that we don't know because we never get to hear coordinators talk, what do you think Meacham's comfort level is with Max? Because we had that stretch of games where they were just running the ball basically all the time. We never really got any clarity on his health situation. I mean, I'm speculating here, but is there anything to new guy comes in now with come be gone, he's taking over. He, he wants someone else at least to look at before next season. That's a really good point. And it's worth noting Doug Meacham did not recruit Max Duggan. Doug Meacham uh, was already out by the time Max Duggan was signed as a part of the 2019 class. Remember, he's a true freshman last year. Um, uh, Doug Meacham was was gone off to Kansas after 2016. Um, it was was all the way gone. So um, this is not like um, doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they can't have a good relationship. But this isn't a guy who he has been. Um, personally invested in recruiting, developing, and he was the guy he handpicked for the starting job. So that's, that's a good point that you, that you bring up. Whereas um, Chandler Morris um, is a guy who um, the staff was obviously very high on, um, that Sonny Cumbie was high on coming out of the, 20, uh, out of the 2020 class. And um, really everybody um, who was recruiting uh, who's looking for a quarterback in Texas would have at least taken a look at first. So um, at some point during the cycle. So I, I do think, you know, you just look at the ways, weighing the pros and cons uh, I, I, uh, of both these quarterbacks against one another. Duggan, I think is the better athlete, has the better measurables, has a higher ceiling, right? He's 6'2", 201, more prototypical size. He's got starting experience at TCU. Um, by all accounts, he's well-liked by the staff because of his play and because of the leadership ability. They have nothing but good things to say about him on a, on a routine basis. He improved this past season, um, at, at the very least in terms of completion percentage, um, was up uh, significantly from his freshman year. So, like, there's lots of positives that you can take out um, from, this, uh, from where he's at right now. On the flip side, um, he has been inconsistent. We do have questions about his health. 
Bill Connolly, who I cite a lot on this podcast, has kind of a note when he's putting together his SP plus. I'm getting to a point here, I promise. His uh, his SP plus rankings. When he does his projections, he he includes recruiting in them, but he only recruits the last two years of the recruiting. And the reason he he does that is he says after two years. You're, what you were rated as a recruit kind of doesn't matter. You kind of are what you are. Like you, this, mm-hmm. like you now have a sample size. You have a body of work. We're two years in. All I have to say, we're two years into Max Duggan. What is the body of work that we have? It's a body of work with some flashes of some awesome potential and a lot of inconsistency. Could he get better than that? Absolutely. Trevon Boykin did. Kenny Hill did. It is not impossible. But is it reasonable to expect that he's going to make some huge jump um, if we haven't already seen him make that jump already. Doesn't mean he can't, doesn't mean I don't think he can. I think he can, but to expect it, to think that it's a given, I think would be unwise. That's part of the reason why coming into this season, I was writing my season preview and I was writing about the receivers and I mentioned, like I mentioned to Valence Hunt, but I mentioned him basically just in passing because we had seen him for two years. We, you know, he was a four-star recruit by all accounts, thought he should be really great. But at some point you have the sample size that you have, you have enough to kind of make a conclusion. You know, I'm not ready to make a final conclusion about who Max Duggan is or what he can be, but we have a sample size that I think warrants the idea of maybe you bring someone in to push him in a competition and see what happens. Um, So that was, those would be my pros and cons for, for Duggan, for Chandler Morris pros, obviously, at least according to his high school tape, He's a more accurate quarterback, just just mm-hmm. flat out. Um, he still has the running ability and the speed that TCU likes to have at the position. He has experience in Lincoln Riley's system. So at the very least, if you want to <laughs> people say Stein stealing is is kind of just part of the game, it's gamesmanship. It, you know, TCU complains about other people doing it to them. If they want to get on the action, they have that. Um, but the cons, he doesn't have the frame. If, if TC wants to run the ball as much at quarterback as they have, do they actually want to do that? I don't know. Um, but he doesn't have the size and frame to kind of do that. And then transfers transfer for a reason, right? Usually if a transfer is leaving, is it because maybe he just wasn't good enough? You know, is, yeah. is trend, you know, you said it. He's, he wasn't going to beat out Spencer Rattler and he certainly wasn't going to beat out Caleb Williams. So um, are we having this conversation around a guy who, and he, you know, really has the potential to be, a star do we have no based on high school tape sure maybe um but he was also playing a pretty on a pretty stacked team at highland park that had won two state titles before he um took over as a starting job and he got them to a third but then they were still really good when he got injured his senior year so just you know i don't think this is an is a is an easy cut and dry thing of he takes the starting job for sure or that max duggan definitely does i i would be surprised if he did not it you know Gary loves his quarterback competitions. I would be surprised if we did not have some level of quarterback competition in spring and fall practices before we kind of really know what the situation is. Yeah, you make a good point about Highland Park. They are routinely in the 5A state title game. Uh, They lost this week to Denton Ryan, who's ridiculous this year. But anyway, like John Stephen Jones was the QB before him. And his grandfather is Jerry Jones, so he's got a lot of hype. But he wasn't super highly recruited either. He ends up at Arkansas. And I think he's still there, but he hasn't played hardly at all. Uh, And then Morris was definitely like a late bloomer in the recruiting process. He was probably going to go to Arkansas or maybe like SMU before he sort of had a run towards the end. One thing I'll say about Max Duggan, and then we'll, we'll move on 
uh, we'll continue the conversation. It's sort of on a different subtopic. But I think that clock might be a little skewed with Max because he didn't get any spring ball or limited spring ball. And, I mean, he basically missed most of fall camp with the heart condition. That's, so, a really fair, that's fair. That's absolutely So, fair. I mean, I, I think you're right. Like, we have seen a lot of him over two years. But maybe – this off this off season is going to be a key for him. How much does he improve if he gets a full throttle off season with the sort of rework staff? And, and what does that look like? Uh, we'll talk about how they manage this next and some of the concerns that could come with that. Before we do that, though, I did want to say if you want to make some money over the next few weeks, uh, you should try out BetOnline.ag. Um, college football national championship coming up, and also big NFL games. BetOnline.ag has all the lines for those. They're going to give you great advice. They're the online sportsbook experts. And if you use that promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 50% startup bonus. It does not cost to join. Um, obviously, you're going to spend some money at some point to wager, but they'll give you a little bump if you use that promo code LOCKEDON. And you can just sort of try it out, see how it goes. They also have breaking news, sports news. So it, it's sort of your one-stop shop. You can get the lines. You can get the injury news the latest headlines, that's betonline.ag. Try that out today. Uh, here with Matt Jennings, Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Okay, so we, we talked about uh, Chandler Morris coming in. And, Matt, this quarterback room is suddenly kind of crowded, which is not a bad thing on its face. Uh, they sort of had the same situation a couple years ago when they brought in Alex Delton, and Matthew Baldwin from Ohio State. Uh, Duggan was a true freshman. Duggan ends up winning that job eventually. Delton transfers slash quits the team after not getting in the game against Oklahoma State. Oh, I guess they also had Mike Collins as well. He played a little bit. And Justin Rogers was still on the roster. And uh, Justin Rogers is still on the roster, yeah. Uh, Collins ends up leaving for Rice. Duggan won the job. Baldwin retired because of injury. Rodgers um, goes to UNLV. Rodgers goes to UNLV. And they've had a a bad stretch of guys. Sean Robinson, you know, didn't work out as a starter. He got hurt. Then he decides to go to Mizzou. Um, quarterbacks that have left, quarterbacks that haven't developed like we thought they would based on their recruiting status coming in. So it's one thing to have all these players here and in that same room. And someone's going to win the job, and that means someone's going to transfer. Like, if, if Duggan loses the job, I assume he'll eventually leave because he wants to play, and I get that. But how much confidence do you have in this staff's ability to develop and manage who they have there because, you know, you want to get an established starter, and then you also want to make sure you have players behind him, whoever that ends up being, they're going to take over when, when they eventually leave. Yeah, that's, that's the million dollar question. And, it's, and it becomes even foggier with Sonny Cumbie leaving and going to Texas Tech, which makes the, the dynamic of quarterback development. TCU, as of, as of recording, does not have a quarterback coach yet or has not named one. Um, mm-hmm. So that makes it even more hard to parse. Um, I'm not sure how confident I am. I will say, I'll say this. If you're going to play offense in 2020, 
and you want to develop a quarterback, you want your quarterback to be successful, you should tailor your offense to your quarterback's strengths. I'm not saying anything revolutionary by saying that. I'm pretty sure Lincoln Riley said something to that effect this past offseason. Look, like saying something to the effect of like, if your offense isn't a quarter, isn't quarterback friendly, there's something wrong with your offense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when people ask him about the crazy success that he's had with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Spencer Radler, go down the list, uh, Jalen Hurts. So can they build an offense? Whoever the guy ends up being, can they build an offense around that guy's strengths? Um, this season, I think, was weird because as we, as we talked about at length, we really weren't sure what Max Duggan's health situation was. And we weren't sure, to your point from earlier, earlier on today, where he, what he was comfortable with in terms of how much preparation he had had in the offseason. So what were, could they really put together an offense that really hit on all the things they thought he could do well? Or were they really just kind of making do with what they were able to do given the limited resources? I don't know. And so that's the frustrating thing about trying to evaluate this staff is there's so many questions that because the – as we talk about all the time, this, this, uh, this program is very uh, not transparent with the media. And so it's really hard to get clear answers on those things. Um, can they build an, but yeah, it really comes down to that. Can you build an offense that accentuates whoever it is, whether that's Duggan, whether that's Morris, um, uh, can, you, can you accentuate and, and, and uh, accentuate their strengths and, and build on that? Um, Whoever that ends up being, that's being going to be, you know, putting the quarterback run game in there in some capacity. Um, how much I think depends on one of the on which one. And can you give them easy throws? Can you give them high percentage throws? Um, can you get receivers in space? I think Doug Meacham has, you know, a track record that you can look at and say he's capable of doing this. Um, but can he do it? Can can he get to run the offense his way? or is Jerry Kill slash Gary Patterson going to push them towards something else, toward running a more run-heavy offense, which we saw them do a lot towards the back end of the season. I really don't – it's so frustrating trying to parse out how much of their game plan was a result of, you know, Kill and Patterson leaning on them to run an offense a certain way, or was it a result of, you know, limitations because of injuries or limitations because of personnel or preparation – um, or was it all matchup based? Do they just really love their matchups in the run game in the back half of the season? It's just really hard to tell. So, but as we talked about over and over the season, you need to have an identity on offense. And the fact that they don't have an identity that I can clearly point to and say, I think quarterback X will flourish in an offense with the identity that they've established. I think that's a little concerning. I hope they can get that worked out because I do think they've got a ton of talent. I think, you know, you put either of those guys, Morris or, or Duggan, in a position where they can do the things that they're good at and get the ball to some of the really talented players that they have on this roster with Clinton Johnston and Tay Barber and Zach Evans, you can do some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious. To, to, that's a long-winded way of answering your question of saying, I'm, I'm a little skeptical that they're going to be able to do that well. So a couple things. One, and I, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I think we'll find out. If, if Chandler Morris ends up being the starter to open the season, which I wouldn't bet on that right now, but if that happened, I think that would tell us Gary is officially not real involved in the offense anymore because – at least publicly in the past, Gary has two priorities when he decides who's going to play quarterback. It's who has the most experience in the system, which would be Matt's, and who throws the least interceptions in practice. 
that seems to be the two things that he really focuses in on um, during fall camp. So that would obviously give Duggan, at least from an experience standpoint, a big advantage. And he honestly hasn't, to his credit, you know, he's been inaccurate, but he hasn't had a lot of like soul crushing interceptions in his career. He protects the ball pretty well. His, his issue is more on fumbling. Here's something I was thinking about, though, as you were talking about their strengths and, and pros and cons. And I hope this doesn't happen, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, they have a tendency to, if they can't decide who is the QB or if there's not a clear winner, they'll, like, alternate series or alternate quarters in the first couple games of the season to try to figure out who that person's going to be. And you have two pretty different guys Morris more of an accurate, like, on-time thrower. Duggan, obviously, his biggest strength in the two years is he can be, like, a transcendent runner. Like, he can wreck your your defense with his legs. So, could you see a scenario where they have almost, like, special packages for both guys and run some sort of quasi-two-quarterback system where when Duggan's in the game, it's heavy, heavy run, but, you know, the defense has to at least respect that he can throw the football. And when Morris is in the game, it's it's more air raid, quick passing concepts. I, I don't want this to happen, but as you were, like, running down their, their differences, I was just like, I, I feel like this is a, an odd uh, thing they could cook up with a lot of lack of continuity to it. I – as you're, as you were describing that possibility, I really just wanted to like put my head through a wall. Um, <laughs> I I could absolutely see that happening, at least in the early going of the season. I will say that, to Gary's credit, in the seasons and they've had an, a quarterback competition, at least in name, um, for you know, pretty much every year since 2013, with the exception of like the 2015 season when Boykin. Uh, was coming back after his great yeah. year in 2014. Um, every year, there's been at least been there's there's been there's been lip service to a quarterback competition, but then the results of that quarterback competition, they almost never name a starter out of fall camp. But then right. it becomes really obvious, like within the first like quarter of game one, who the starter is. Um, you know, Trevon Boykin and, and Matt Jokel in 2014 they were, oh, you know, they seem pretty even, but then who takes the snaps for like the first three quarters of the opener against Samford? It's Trevon Boykin. Like it became very obvious who the guy was, or they were talking about Kenny, Kenny Hill, but oh, Sean Robinson, you know, he's, he's doing some stuff in 2017. And then like Kenny came out and like, it was his team. And it was very obvious that it was his team from, from the word jump. So I, I don't think, I think whoever, they may not name a winner, but I think it will become, I think they'll keep to that, to, to that, habit of it'll become very clear very early once they actually get on the field in a live game who the guy is but I do think that idea of you know come up with a specific package for for one guy to come in they talked about doing that with Stephon Brown this year I don't know what happened I don't know if that was all just made up or if or if Stephon Brown just like didn't deliver in practice and and just wasn't who they wanted him to be um but I I I do think I don't think necessarily rotating series but I think that you could definitely see Certainly, if Max Duggan is the guy who ends up on the outside looking in, I think they, to your point, they love his running ability, and, and rightfully so, because it's, it's a dangerous threat. Um, I don't think Chandler Morris 
has a skill set where like you need to create a gadget package for him um, that would necessitate like that his skill set necessitates he has to be on the field even if he's not the starter whereas like Doug and I think you could create you could convince yourself that like oh we get in the red zone or we get in short yardage and then suddenly that becomes something that's appealing um, but that all to your point Gary loves experience for that reason alone I think Duggan is very clearly the betting favorite to be the starter in, for TCU, at least to start the season um, in 2021. Um, but I do think this creates a very just, whoever they pick, they have to, to as we said, they got to commit to it and they got to create a system that, it, that plays to their strengths, whatever that ends up being. If they can do that, both these guys are talented and if they can stay healthy, they can do some stuff and they've got talent around them. They can, they can, make some noise um but as we talked about all this season with with the with the dynamics on the offensive staff right now i'm uh, a little wary that they'll be able to do that and handle it well um but i guess we'll find out <laughs> yeah i think max is the guy too i feel like chandler would have to just be obviously better to, you know, at least start game one. Like, he would just have to be head and shoulders better than Max going into the season. And that, I mean, hey, that might be possible. I just don't see it happening right now. Um, so that's sort of where we are, and, and we'll monitor the situation as it goes. Coming up, I wanted to ask Matt a question about some changes in the coaching staff. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is delicious. If you want to get bulked up like my man Matt Jennings, uh, eat that protein bar before you work out. It comes in some really good flavors like peanut butter, German chocolate, also some more innovative flavors like uh, lemon almond cheesecake, cherry baka. Um, that's what you can have when you're having a built bar. And it's good for you too. 180 calories, only a couple grams of sugar, and a couple grams of fat. So it's good fuel for your body. It's not going to uh, ruin your cheat day or anything like that or, or ruin your diet. It fills you up. It's good to tie you over before a workout, before a work shift. Go to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Matt Jennings here with me. Uh, tomorrow, I'll, I'll break down CC basketball. Men got a nice win on the road against Kansas State on Saturday. So they're now 2-1 and one in conference play. They prepare for a game against Kansas later this week. 9 o'clock tip for that one. That's kind of weird. I guess that's just a sort of an odd TV thing. Really late tip. Matt's going to be watching it at 10 p.m. on the – on the East Coast there in Atlanta. Watching um, from the future. Yeah, he'll be up late that night. Uh, and the Lady Frogs, they fall to Baylor. Uh, and, and they played the Bears pretty well, uh, but ended up losing that one. So they're 0-3 in conference play. Uh, Coach Peebly's squad really has to, to get going here if they're going to make some noise because um, this seems like another year where the Big 12, as far as the women go, is just not very deep and, and might not have a ton of teams that make the postseason. Before Matt goes, I did want to ask him about um, Sonny Cumbie leaving for Texas Tech. His contract was up. He goes there to actually call plays again and be the OC. So not super surprising. But, Matt, how much do you think this actually changes the, the TCU offense with Sonny, who was the co-offensive coordinator in title, uh, leaving and moving on to Lubbock? Yeah, I don't think – I made a joke about this on Twitter when the, when the announcement happened. I don't think the offense changes really at all because of all the reasons that we've stated before that the offense one was being called by Doug Meacham and two had really been influenced by 
Jerry Hill and Gary Patterson to the point where it didn't really resemble the air raid very much at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I think honestly, this is probably a best case scenario for Sonny Cumbie because now he gets the chance to, you remember after, I think it was the 2015 season, Texas came calling and they wanted him bad. And they threw a lot of, they tried to throw a lot of money at him to get him to leave TCU and, and Charlie Strong tried to get him to come to Austin. Um, and then after the 2017 season, his, his stock was really high again because they, you know, they won 11 games, finished top 10. They were, you know, they were not as good as they had been previously under Trevon Boykin, but they were a really good team offensively. Um, his stock was down uh, and because, again, he had lost, he had, he had done poorly enough where they took play calling duties away from him and um, the offense just did not look spectacular under him. Now he gets to go somewhere else where he'll get to coach quarterbacks, he'll get to call plays, and if the offense succeeds or fails, it will be on him. And if they succeed and, and Texas Tech gets a whole lot better, then people will point to Sonny Cumbie and say, look what he was able to do and look how he was shackled at TCU. That will be the narrative that, that emerges. And it might be justified if TCU looks bad on offense again this coming season. So I think it's the best case scenario for him that he gets to kind of rehabilitate his stock get to actually call plays and call an offense the way he wants to play. So it, uh, whereas TCU wanted to run an offense a different way. And so it's probably best for both parties that he gets to move on and, and they get to run their offense the way they want TCU does for better or worse. So um, I, I don't foresee the offense changing. I think if the offense changes at all, it's not because of Sonny Cumbie leaving. I think it's because um, uh, two reasons. One, if they're healthy and, and, and deeper at the quarterback position, Again, we, you know, we'll see how and, – and Max Duggan, has, if he's the starter, um, to your point, has more prep time, has a full spring practice, doesn't miss all of fall camp pretty much with the heart condition. Um, and he gets a full offseason of work to really develop and get better, and he's healthy. Then I think that's what changes the offense and makes it look different rather than um, – rather than, because – the play caller is going to be the same. Doug Meacham is still going to be the guy, the, you know, the end all be all. So I don't think, I think it's, it's even my point. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a change that really is about Cumby rather than it's a change about TCU. Um, the one thing that is, we'll find out really quickly whether or not Cumby was the problem with the offense or not. And my hunch is that he wasn't, or if he was a problem, he was just a problem rather than the problem. Uh, but we'll find out. Yeah, he almost became like a cartoonish scapegoat the last couple of years. Uh, and, like, did he fail in his responsibilities? Yeah, that's probably fair to say. Oh, yeah. I think overall. But is he the sole reason the offense is bad? No, that's not true. But we'll we'll find out more, you know, in, in a couple months there. Um, so, weird, fun question before we go. Who in, who takes more snaps? Who gets more snaps in 2021? Chandler Morris or Marcel Brooks? Oh, um, Chandler Morris, I think. I, I, okay. he, Chandler Morris, at the very least, is the front runner as the backup quarterback, which means he's going to – if Duggan gets hurt or if they get any, any opportunity for mop-up duty, he's going to be out there. Marcel Brooks, in contrast – still doesn't have a position, still doesn't have a role on the, off, mm -hmm. on, on the team. Supposedly, um, they were looking at moving him to receiver. 
um, uh, according to Jeremy Clark at 24-7 Sports, which stri- it strikes me very much as like the Jordan Moore syndrome. I don't know who, if we have any listeners who remember Jordan Moore from like 2013 through 15, um, but just like guy who just like the coaching staff could not stop and other players could not stop raving about like this guy is an incredible athlete, like one of the best athletes on the team. They could not figure out either – they could not figure out how to use him or just he wasn't good at anything that they tried to get him to do. And it was probably some combination of the two things where he's just like, he's such a great athlete. You want to get him on the field somewhere, but you try him at a bunch of different places and it's just, it does not work. And that is what it's looking like with Marcel Brooks right now is just like the guy is, is, has, has a, you know, a great frame, great build, great measurables, is super fast is you know has shown flashes showed flashes potential at lsu but just you know i mean he got passed up could not unseat oshawn mathis um who to his credit had a good season this year uh, got passed over by Kari coleman um who also had a great season this year couldn't get couldn't make in uh, couldn't make a dent in the rotations at linebacker or safety which were other places that people you know speculated that he could make a make an impact so it goes back to that, that kind of two-year rule that we were talking about earlier, right? Like after two years, you're, you kind of are what your, what your resume says you are rather than what your recruiting ranking says you are. And Marcel Brooks is a guy who has gotten spot duty at two different Power 5 schools but has yet to establish himself as a starter. So I think that's kind of what he is. Um, so, yeah, give me Chandler Morris. That was a way too long-winded answer to your, to your question, but it is a fun hypothetical. I would love to see Marcel Brooks on the field more that next season because he is a great athlete, and if they can use him, and he can actually do some stuff. But um, he might not be good. Well, there were rumors that learning the playbook was an issue. So, I mean, it might help that the TCU route tree doesn't seem too complicated, so maybe you could pick up on that Hey-o. quickly. Can you run a fade, Marcel? Um Anyway, Matt, thank you for being here. I do okay. I do want to say this thing before we go to uh, some of you might be thinking as we talk about Chandler Morris. Hey, Chad Morris is going to need a job. Uh, as as far as I can tell, and this is what I'm gathering from Jeremy Clark's reporting, it doesn't look like he's going to join the TCU staff. Um, seems like basically, you know, that OC position is not really open right now, and that's what he would want to be. So I don't see Chad Morris come in and as a quarterback's coach. Yeah. It seems by all accounts that Doug Meacham will get the offensive coordinator title that he didn't have before, mm-hmm. which probably means won't be too many changes. Cause again, there's already calling plays. And then they have one more on field position to fill, which would be quarterback coach, which looks like it might be just a promotion of uh, graduate assistant, Kenny Hill, um, former TCU quarterback or, um, promotion of another um uh non-on-field assistant that they have on staff in tim beck not that tim beck um not the former texas offensive coordinator different tim beck um so uh i'll be curious to see what they do with that position but yeah it doesn't look like it if if morris does join i would bet that it would be as an in an analyst role but to your point it sounds like um he's not coming which didn't wasn't the deal breaker for for Chandler Morris when he went to OU originally and we that was not in place already when he made his decision to come to TCU that was my conversation with my pal Matt Jennings we do it every Monday I'll talk to you tomorrow this has been Locked On Horned Frogs your daily TCU podcast part of the Locked On Sports Network your team every day